I've had friends get DWIs and some of them that it cost them their jobs, it cost them their marriage, and uh, you know, cost them you know dearly. I didn't want to be a statistic like that. Welcome back to the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle Brown. In this podcast, we're continuing our series on superintendent health. For some, having a drink is a natural part of the culture of the game of golf, but alcohol abuse can be a real danger for some superintendents. Tom Warner grew up around the game. He's a territory sales rep now, but in high school, he played for the school's golf team and picked up work at a local country club. There, he discovered the career path that he'd follow through college. And it's a pretty impressive history. Tom hit a few different Texas courses in his 30-year career as a superintendent, and he was just recognized for his 25-year certification at GIS. But today we're more concerned about something else that started in his teens. So let's go back a few years again. The long and the short of it was, you know, as a kid, there was you know, a tendency to throw a few beers down, switch to the hard stuff. Back then, legal drinking age was 18, so if you looked 18 or knew somebody that was, and you were probably uh, chugging. But then through college, you know, it's parties and stuff that you go to, but, you know, we're young and bulletproof. And, realizing repercussions, ensuing danger, you know, you put yourself into and others around you. He got married, settled down. He got through it, or at least he thought he had. Started working, working a lot of hours. And, you know, there was love parties, functions, superintendent meeting, that kind of stuff. And you have a couple go home, and then sometimes you take it to the next level, uh, you know, I'd liken it more to, you know, binge drinking. I didn't want to let my friends down, but then at the same time, I was let myself down. Oh, no big deal. I can, I can, I can handle it the next day. But, you know, as you get older, you realize it kind of takes a toll on you. He never drank on the job, but after he was off the clock, it was a different story. At the clubhouse, the access was there if he wanted to get a drink with his buddies. Even if it just meant having a couple with the guys at the tailgate, he was game. Somebody say, hey, why don't you come over to my house? We'll have a couple, you know, grab a 12-pack and hang out for a while. And then uh, somebody pull out some, you know, hard liquor, you know, that. Or, you know, or let's take this to the bar down the street. Okay, yeah, sure. You know, become kind of a, a habit. You know, habits are, are great if they're good, but if they're bad, like this. Having a couple of going home, but you know, having a couple, a couple more and, you know, a couple more and more, and you know, turn into a blithering idiot. Say things, end up doing things I wish I hadn't. And come home and face a fire. But he denied he had a problem when it came up. Over time, his wife started getting close to a breaking point, and he started to realize exactly what he was risking as his youngest was growing up. That, that's when things were starting to stack up. My youngest was about to go off to college. Uh, you know, you want to be there for your kids, but you know, there's so many times I could have really been there for them, and I wasn't. They didn't want to be an asshole anymore. <laughs> they didn't want to hurt people. I wanted to take care of myself. I wanted to live life. The most horrible sector I had was having a not only a DWI, but hurting others in, in a bad sort of way. And you hear about it all the time. And you know, somebody drives to the stands, drives to somebody's house, kills three or four people. I didn't want that. I didn't want to be that one to make it a 
six o'clock news. But I've had friends get DWIs, and some of them that it cost them their jobs, it cost them their marriage, and uh, you know, cost them you know dearly. I didn't want to be a statistic like that. So one day in August, about six years ago, he decided the only way out was to quit altogether. He didn't go for counseling, but he did lean on his friends and family, which made a support group of its own. Getting back to them opened up their lives to him again, and that helped keep him steady. Uh, you surround yourself with, with good people. You don't want to uh, surround yourself with bad influences. So I just started walking a straight and narrow. I go to a superintendent's outing or a function, and there's alcohol served. It's, it's easy for me to you know, decline. I just don't, you know, don't think about it. And, you know, the, the people respect that most of the time, most of the time. They're the ones that don't, and you just walk away from them and don't deal with it. The temptation isn't gone, but it's something he can manage now, along with other colleagues with whom he shares a story. And I see people to this day and others that have just quit like I did. You know, we discuss it. A lot of comrades out there that do the same thing. And I'm proud of them, and they're proud of me, too. And, you know, it's not afraid to talk about it. you, know, you got to intervene. You can't do it all by yourself. You can't do it all by yourself. For Tom, golf course supers have a particular struggle, not just because of the game's atmosphere and access to the clubhouse, but also because they're just so used to solving problems on their own. You have, you have to admit that you're part of the problem before you become part of the solution. And I was always good at taking care of problems, situations, making snap decisions, sound management decisions, for the most part. When you have, when you regain the ability to focus, whatever it takes, you got to sit down for an hour and you know rummage through it. 15 minutes, you know, sorting it out, you know, get some professional help, whatever it is, whatever the situation is, you got to do it yourself. You know, nobody else can do it for you. Life's about, about choices, making a good one. And being a support for someone fighting against a bad habit makes all the difference for someone like Tom. Although he made the choice for himself, it'd be a much tougher struggle without family and friends to rely on. Tom's had a chance to get closer to his family, and he's enjoying his life more. And being involved in those lives helps remind him why he made that choice in the first place. And when August of this year comes around, he's got plans. I remember the day that I walked away from it gladly and be proud of the fact that you know, I made, made the right decision. Hey, look, if you're an alcoholic or addicted to something, whether it's shopping, gambling, drugs, you got to get over it. Because eventually you're not going to be around. You're going to be a statistic. Let's not leave it in the past. It's always going to be there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel better about it. Now it's, I've had a chance to make reparations with others, and they, they see it. It's a better person, a more focused individual. I feel good about the future. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, a podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media, Inc. I've been your host and producer, Kyle Brown. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page on golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.